The following is a message by Dr. Howell Jones of Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about this message or Westminster Seminary, visit us online at westcal.edu or call us at 760-480-8474. That's online at wscal.edu or call us at 760-480-8474. Let us pray. We again gather together before Thee, O Lord our God, and rejoice that we have the privilege of calling Thee our Heavenly Father. We trace this privilege as every other blessing to the costly suffering of Thy dear Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray that as we call upon Thy name together and in the light of Thy word, Gather around his cross, and thou wilt supply us with the aid of thy Holy Spirit, that we might become even more impressed than we have ever been of the immensity of the suffering that he endured for the sins of his people, and of the perfection of the atonement that he accomplished in thy sight so as to remove all guilt that leads to condemnation from each and every one who trusts him. And we pray, O Lord, that as thou hast covenanted with him that the ends of the earth shall see his salvation and that innumerable company for whom he died, will be gathered to him, that even this day, north, south, east, and west, there will be those made aware of their sin and need, and through thy word brought to them by whatever means, they might bow in repentance and faith and trust him. Receive our thanks, then, that we meet together in thy presence, and as thou hast promised, be present with us. Pardon our sins. For Jesus' sake, amen. Will you be seated? Well, you all, ba- you all began before me this morning. I wanted you to just look at what I thought was an unfamiliar tune and match, them, match it to the words that we were going to sing. And uh, suddenly I heard you standing up and almost beginning to sing while I was sitting down. Please find a seat. You're not late. The clock there says quarter to nine. It's very friendly to preachers. But I'll try and look at my watch from time to time. Let us hear together the word of God, some verses from the Gospel according to St. John and the 10th chapter. John chapter 10, verse 11. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. 
I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. So far, the reading of God's word. Well, as you're aware, it's my plan this semester that we consider together our Lord's sayings from the cross. There are seven of them. They're all recorded for us in the Gospels of the New Testament, but they are distributed there. No one Gospel records them all. Matthew and Mark record only one, and the same one at that. Our Lord's cry of forsakenness. They, however, are aware that immediately prior to his dismissal of his own spirit, he uttered a loud cry. But they do not record what it was that he said. Luke and John have three each, but not the same three in each case. Luke, via research that he undertook from those present at the cross, and John, by way of recollection of what it was that he heard there when he was actually present. Evidently, principles of selection are at work here uh, by the four evangelists, and it's important that we try to discover as much as we can of what those reasons were. But I want to look at these sayings from the point of view of their coherence and their completeness. There's certainly no contradiction between them. And like the Gospels themselves, they present a composite, harmonious and enriching portrait and depiction of our Lord Jesus Christ. If we were to use a musical analogy, we could think of these sayings as a symphony in which there are not only minor keys, as we've already sung, but major ones too. Or, uh, borrowing from an art form, we could think of them as a tapestry in which a series of events uh, is presented uh, to an onlooker But don't emphasize the visual too much, because what we have here is the verbal. And we ought to notice a remarkable reserve on the part of the four evangelists with regard to their choice not to record the gory, horrific, Details of the actual crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ 
for them. The whole event was too painful to record. And that reminds us that we ought to pay more attention to words than to pictures. Each of these seven words, if I can call them that, is worth more than the proverbial thousand pictures. And therefore that film that was made a little while ago, The Passion, completely missed the importance of understanding what it was that was being done on the cross. And it is that which is presented to us by means of these seven sayings. Similarly, you know, if you think of the seven stations of the cross in a Roman Catholic church where sculpted or painted presentations are made of the various scenes on the Via Dolorosa and an an attempt is encouraged at cathartic and empathetic involvement in the suffering of Jesus. That isn't the way to go. Not that no saving benefit can be derived from that route, but it is only because the Lord can draw a straight line with a crooked stick that that sort of thing happens. Here we have words that are windows, windows into the soul of the Lord Jesus Christ, into his mind and into his spirit in connection with his death. And here they are recorded for us. But let's remind ourselves that what we need is the ministry of the Holy Spirit to illuminate this black and white script as it were, and to open the eyes of our hearts and our understanding in order that we might truly benefit from the sufferings of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now these sayings, of course, are not found in the Gospels for any other reason than that they are intimately related to the Gospel. Just as the Lord Jesus Christ had spoken predictively about his death, so now he speaks contemporaneously with it. And his death equals the gospel. The death of the Son of God, the servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, is the gospel. Think of the amount of space that is given to it in the gospel records. The way in which it's emphasized in the preaching, in the book of the Acts of the Apostles, in the teaching of the epistles, in the praising of the book of the Revelation. The Apostle Paul says, I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified, by which he meant not that it was only that, but everything is connected to it. This is the grand theme, the great focus of all the wonders and all the details 
of salvation. And Satan hates it. Because it was there that he was judged and defeated. And it's because of that his doom is sure. And it's his plan to draw a veil over the minds and hearts of people, as he did on the first Good Friday, so that none of the princes of this world knew that the Lord of glory was being put to death for the sins of his people. And the church isn't proof against Satan's activity either, because his attempt is always to demote, to marginalize, decentralize, deny if he can, even focus on the fact that Jesus died, but never mention sin and guilt and wrath and hell. We glory in the term covenant. It's meaningless without the cross. We emphasize the importance of the resurrection as the new age. There would be no resurrection without the kind of death that Jesus died. And so we need to think of the death of the mediator more often than we do. And focus more deeply and prayerfully on it. There's one more thing I want to say to you this morning by way of introduction to these seven sayings. I want to connect these sayings in your minds and hearts not so much with his death but with his dying. Not so much with his death but with his dying. There's a distinction, isn't there? Of course, there's a connection. So we are not saying this has nothing to do with his death. But his death was not something instantaneous, much less unexpected. We know the difference between death and dying. Death now for us is not something we fear. It's like a serpent that still has fangs and jaws but no poison. The poison's been drawn through being absorbed by our Lord and Savior. And these sayings are located by the gospel writers within a period of time. The first, in connection with his being a fixed to the cross or perhaps raised aloft on the cross. That's clear. We know what the last is. There may be some uncertainty as to the order in which the rest took place, but they are all located between the third hour, as Mark tells us, nine o'clock in the morning, and the ninth hour, when Jesus cried with a loud voice, between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m., 180 minutes of your time and mine 
in our space on this earth. Jesus was dying, but he was also speaking. In other words, he was active. Speaking is the expression of activity, the expression of thought. Connect then these sayings, not merely with a historical event, not merely with a doctrinal truth. Connect these sayings with an actual, psychological, physical, spiritual experience. It was while he was dying, he said. Which means that he was still active and working in dying. Yes, he was being put to death. But he was also working. He was continuing to obey his father. He was obeying unto death. Even death on a cross. He still, at this time, when he was nailed to the cross, he had not fully learned obedience. Yes, he was sinless. Never ceased to be. But he hadn't completely fulfilled all that God in his law required of him. It was when he had, he dismissed his own spirit. But here are the last costly, demanding, most demanding hours of all. Leading up to the fulfillment of the law. The exhausting of its curse. And the dismissal of his own spirit in peace and fellowship with the Father. Think dynamically. Try, by the aid of the Holy Spirit, to enter into the work of Christ because it was not just a doctrinal locus, it was a work. And his speaking, of course, also includes not merely his working, but his loving. Speaking is not just the expression of thought. It's the expression of thought to others. Something audible, that's why it could be recorded. And when he spoke to his father, he was loving. And when he spoke to the dying thief, he was loving. To his mother, to John. He was loving. He loved his own, not merely en masse, not one witted, but each and every one of them. The Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Put yourself there. We've been thinking about. Pilate and Judas, and saying that in measure we are like them. Well, is it nothing to you, to me, who pass by? Behold, see, is there any sorrow like unto his sorrow wherewith the Lord has afflicted him in the day of his fierce anger? No, it's incomparable. We need to be humbled more. 
We need to be humbled more so that we become more and more grateful. And consequently, more and more glad and obedient. There is nothing that so motivates, empowers, sustains the believer than the words for Jesus' sake. Because it was all for your sake and for mine. Let us pray. Our God and our Father, we bow before thee. High and holy things are before us. We have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. We thank thee for what thou hast imprinted on our memories and what thou hast placed within the arms of our understanding, the cradle of our heart's affection, what makes us new creatures, raises us up, galvanizes us to endure and makes us determined to follow in the steps of the one who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to the one who judges righteously, by whose stripes we are healed, and to whom be all the glory. Amen. Copyright 2007 Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.